got a real good feeling. You're listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast with Crypto Jeb, bringing you the best and most updated news about cryptocurrency. Tune in every morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch this podcast live on our YouTube channel. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Coffee and Crypto Live, the best morning show on all of YouTube, teaching you how to think, not what to think. We're so excited for today's show. Jeb is still out, but this is the last day that Tim will be sitting here, we think, for this week. You know, we never really know because that could change at any moment. But Jeb should be back in office tomorrow. This is the last day of the North American Bitcoin Conference. So if you are excited right for that, hit the like button now and come back tomorrow and watch him on the show. If you are sitting there saying, no, Jeb, no me, just close your eyes and keep watching. That's okay. Uh, still good content. I have my team here that has been here Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and we're still bringing you everything you need to know. As the title suggests, Bitcoin continues just to be boring. That sideways movement that there's really no power with bulls or bears. However, altcoins are looking like they're forming formations at the bottoms to be great buy signals. We're going to talk about all that and more in this show. But as I said, hit that like button. If this is your first time coming, thank you so much for choosing us. Please consider hitting subscribe. I want to introduce my team this morning. The first person who is joining us all the way from New York City is Kelly Kellum. How are you doing, Kelly? Oh, I'm doing great, man. I'm, uh, you know, been digging into the charts this morning. Uh, so many news headlines. We haven't really covered many news headlines the last couple of days because you and I have been uh, focused so deeply on the charts. But we got a bunch of stuff we want to just uh, run over today. We got some great on-chain metrics. Oh, yeah. and got some great uh, stuff. We, we are starting to see a little bit of the smaller time frames have a little bit of life in them, but uh, you know, it's one of the things we're going to talk about today. You can't just uh, go all in on a, on a one hour chart, you know? So uh, we're, we got a lot of stuff to cover and we're going to dive right in. Absolutely. I'm dude. I'm so excited. The last person I want to introduce for today is everyone's favorite turtle King Smay. How are you doing this morning? I'm, I, I'm doing quite dandy. I gotta be honest with you. I'm doing quite dandy. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely pretty cold out. Uh, here in Florida, uh, so that's why I'm wearing my, I'm wearing my poncho. Uh, but hopefully, it warms up throughout the day. You know, one thing they don't tell you about losing weight, and not that I mean I've lost some weight, but the thing is with losing weight, uh, once you start losing large amounts of weight, is that you start to get cold easier, and that's something they don't, like. There's a lot of those like little things, and now I'm getting cold a lot faster. So, uh, yeah. how much yeah. you how much are you up to now? How, how much weight have you lost? It's pretty uh, incredible. I, like what it's you've been doing. right right now. It's like floating around the fifty <clears throat> the fifty five area. So, <clears throat> oh man, I'm so proud of you. Yeah. So anyways, that, that's kind of one, that's kind of how it is. So come on. Yeah. Well guys, we're going to go ahead and jump into our content today. Just so you know what we're covering. We're going to be doing a, a quick market cap look or a, a coin market cap look on coin gecko because uh coin market cap is kind of being really weird right now with uh, their biggest winners and losers of the 24 hours. However, we'll look there for a second. Then we're gonna jump into a couple altcoins. XRP, we know a lot of you guys love XRP. We're gonna talk about that. Then we're gonna talk about AVAX and what we see happening on those charts before we jump into Bitcoin TA and news, Ethereum TA, and then we will finish the show out with Cardano and potentially at the end of the show, if we still have some time, I would love to answer some questions and look at some coins that you guys ask about in chat or on Super Chat. So make sure you stay with us. If you just joined again. I'm not Jeb. He'll be back tomorrow. He's at the North American Bitcoin conference. So that's okay. You don't need to leave. You can stay. I don't bite too hard. 
Let's go ahead and jump on in. Go ahead and go to my chart, uh, old Smay. Let's go to look at CoinGecko and see what we have going on. First of all, the last couple of days were red. A lot of these coins up here, when you look at the 24-hour moving, were in the red. But we're going to see, uh, we see a flip this morning. Not anything necessarily massive, but we are seeing green movement in the last 24 hours. Bitcoin is up 2.3%. Ethereum only 1.1. Nothing massive except for Terra Luna is up 6.1. I, I want to scroll and make sure there's nothing else. Uh, crazy. Nope. In the top coins, it looks like Terra Luna is the biggest mover of the day. When we go to our biggest gainers, there was one thing that when I looked at this morning, we actually had to do a little research into this, and I might let Kelly explain what he found. But uh, you're going to see the biggest mover of the day, 237% Safe Moon Old. This is really weird because, you know, Safe Moon is definitely one of those coins that's already a, a sketchy coin but when i saw those parentheses around old i was like wait a minute what is happening here uh kelly can you let the audience know what you were finding about safe moon old in relationship to safe moon itself yeah absolutely and again i'm not a, i'm not uh uh a ringing door uh, bell of endorsement for safe moon but for those that are interested in it hey it's, it's gotten a lot of new people in the market uh with that being said I, uh, what i found is I, if if i'm not if, if i'm not mistaken there's a safe moon uh, version one and safe uh, moon version two yeah. which i think uh, migrated over matriculated over in uh, mid-december uh and essentially what they did was they reduced the coin ratio uh it was like a thousand to one or something like that, which somehow it wasn't supposed to impact the price of the coin, but it basically was supposed to make a little bit better tokenomics for the coin because I think uh, I think yeah. version one was like 250 trillion coins or something like that, and that's why for anybody that you know it, it, jumping into the market, I, I will say a brief little statement about that. One of the number one things you need to look at when you're looking at coins, don't look at something because it's cheap in, in terms of oh my gosh, this coin's only point zero 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 one cent. If it only goes to a dollar. Well, think about it. If SafeMoon went to a dollar, 250 trillion coins, that means the market would be $250 trillion market. Yeah. It's not going to happen. So you need to be looking at market cap. And uh, I think uh, they're trying to adjust that sort of ratio. Uh, so it's a little bit uh, better on the tokenomics and supply uh, ratio. But that being said, it's pumping. I don't know why it's pumping. Uh, it is a pump coin. And I will say, if you are getting a good yeah. pump out of it, it is a project to take some profits on and move it over into something that's a little more sustainable. Well, I mean, if you look at just giving you guys some reference, if you look over here at the seven day, it's down 5.4%. This looks like a massive pump and dump thing happening. So if you're in it right now, I would urge you, if you haven't already, to go take your profits. Otherwise, you know, when you see numbers like that, 237% up in the last 24 hours, a lot of people are taking profits. I would advise you doing the same. Other big movers, Theta Network is up 10% on the day. Loop Ring and Stacks are both hovering right there around eight and seven. As we already talked about before, one of the bigger ones or the one more top ranked is Terra at 6.3. Overwhelmingly though, you know, it's a lot of smaller altcoins making moves. In When we look at our biggest losers, Quant is taking number one role, lead on that one, but it's, it's only down 5.7% in the last 24 hours. So overwhelmingly, Yesterday was not necessarily that much of a bearish day, especially for those top altcoins, save Cardano. But of course, as we know, the day before that was a massive rally. Everything that goes up needs to correlate and come down just a little bit. But we're going to talk about Cardano later in the show and why I do believe Cardano is about to have another little rally here in the next couple of days. 
However, let's go ahead and start with XRP. Let's go to the charts and see what's happening there. As we talked about here on the show a couple times, XRP has been a little bit of a puzzle, and it's hard because you are battling not just what's happening on the charts, but of course, that massive news with the SEC lawsuit. However, XRP here a couple, like about a week and a half ago, ended up breaking bearish out of this large symmetrical triangle pattern, which was a little bit of a surprise. Uh, if you've been doing technical analysis, you know that more often than not, these projects that are in symmetrical triangle patterns that entered it from the downside end up breaking to the upside. However, in this case, we broke to the downside. So the question was, is this a sign that XRP is headed back down or was this just an anomaly and XRP is gonna actually going to be setting up for a good buy signal? On the daily chart, let's go ahead and look at the oscillators and you're going to see the first thing is that we just crossed right below that yellow line on the RSI and what that signifies is that that's a 14-day SMA. When we are above it, there's some great stuff happening. When we're below it, there's some bearish things happening that's actually on the way down. However, you're going to notice on these prices, we've been setting up some bullish RSI here for a a little, a little while. These marks right here is clearly we have a case where the RSI is going up, whereas the price is going down. And my conclusion here is that we're going to see it on the smaller charts here in just a second, is that we're actually setting up some nice bullish RSI divergence for XRP to reverse. This happens quite often when something breaks out of formation in the way we didn't expect it to happen. It tends to usually be some form of a shakeout in which reverses back to the upside where I think that XRP could at least come back up here and touch this descending level of support. But let's look at the four hourly chart and see if we see anything a little bit more conclusive with this price action. Let me go ahead and get the price a little bit more extreme so you guys can see uh, comparisons here. And, and sure enough, that's exactly what we see happening. We do have bullish RSI divergence forming. You might be wondering, well, we have this really, really far RSI way down here, but look at the price it correlates to. If you're looking at my chart and you see that crosshair, this low RSI point correlates with a price all the way up back here at $74. Whereas when we're looking at the bottom right here, we actually have a higher RSI point. This right here was bullish RSI divergence. And now that we have a low RSI on more recent hours and more recent candles, and we just crossed above the 14 SMA on the four hourly chart, this is showing up signs on the lower time frames that XRP is sitting in a good buy spot. It actually wants to come back up. I want to see this continue to confirm on the daily chart to make sure but just so you guys know, the reversal is starting to happen on the smaller charts. Let's go back up to the daily chart and see if anything with other indicators gives us an indication of what's happening, starting with our Bollinger Bands and TD Sequential. So the TD Sequential is nothing necessarily too, uh, too crazy, but as you guys can see, we're at the bottom of the Bollinger Bands right here with a green eight flash. We reversed to the upside, bounced off that 20 daily SMA, came back down, and we're back having wicks at the bottom of the Bollinger Bands. This is another sign. It might not be necessarily right now, today, within the next couple of hours, but look for later today or tonight a reversal of XRP and an uptick to where we at least come back up to the top of these Bollinger Bands on the daily chart and look to increase the volatility. Stretch these out. We, we're kind of kind of capitulated right now. We're kind of small, but look for us to stretch out these Bollinger Bands and head back up towards that descending level of resistance that we were fighting all throughout this metro triangle pattern. Let's go ahead and move on to another project that our team is keeping our eye on a lot, and we think that there's an amazing opportunity coming for you guys very soon, and that is AVAX. So let me take off my other, uh, other things right there. We're going to start on the daily chart right here. So Similar to XRP, we have been moving, just not as long, in a symmetrical triangle pattern on AVAX. The difference is here, we are now sitting at the bottom. We have a wick that almost came down to touch that bottom level of support. That right there 
tells me, hey, guys, this is the time to start paying attention. Are we going to be able to use that level of support one more time to bounce back to the upside, or are we going to break it similar to what XRP did? Let's go ahead and look at our oscillators and see what story it's telling. I'm going to expand the price here for you guys just a second. All right, so the first thing I noticed right off the bat, and it, we, we have to correlate this over here. We're going to look at other time frames to see that, but you guys are going to see the same thing that we kind of saw happening in XRP. And again, you're going to see this happen with a lot of altcoins because a lot of altcoins are moving in similar patterns. We have bullish RSI divergence on the daily chart right here. We have an uptick in our price, but a downtick in our RSI. We're flirting right now with that 14-day SMA on the RSI. This is something that I think is putting together a little run to say we're close to the bottom and we're getting really close to a buy signal. Now, pause right there. I want to specify what I just said. We are getting close to a buy signal. I'm not saying that this is the exact bottom. So anyone, if you were to go and buy right now and then the price drops just a little bit, you, you can't say, well, Tim said this was the perfect spot. I didn't say this was the perfect spot. I actually think potentially the price will drop slightly to the downside. However, what I think this is is a good buy spot. This is a spot that I would choose to invest in AVAX because it's not about per choosing perfect spots. It's about choosing good spots. And one of the reasons I think that is because if you come down here to the four hourly, we are actually going to see further bullish RSI divergence begin to form. First of all, you're going to see we had two green candles now move back to the upside. But if you're looking right here, we also have bullish RSI divergence forming uh, with our charts right here. We have this price action right here being a flat level of RSI, but the price action is going up. So uptick in price, bought flat RSI, that's bullish RSI divergence. It gets a little bit more clear when you come down to the hourly chart, where clear enough we have the RSI continuing to hang down low, bouncing on a flat level. But in that same time frame, I'll go ahead and draw it for you, we're flat right here, but in that same time frame, the price is dropping all the while. This is a clear setup for bullish RSI divergence, which is why I think potentially this could have been the bottom. We could be rallying. I wouldn't be surprised for one more shakeout to come down. But again, is it going to come down so far that it's not a good time to go ahead and buy right now to ensure that I don't miss out on a great trading opportunity? That's completely up to you. But that's one of the reasons why I advise people don't look for perfect marks, look for good marks. So I hope that helped you guys out right there. Go ahead and go off my screen, Smay. There are several other altcoins that are sitting in similar spots. Maybe they might drop a little bit more, but the the level, the percentage that it will drop is just so small and compared to what it is setting up to be in to be able to rally. I want to go and check in with Super Chat, but first, Kelly, I want to hear your take because I know these are also coins that you look at investing and trading at, st at spots like this. Uh, yeah, I actually haven't held XRP since, uh, I mean, a couple of years ago now when they when they got involved with the SEC lawsuit. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I mean, I, I think it's also it's one of those things that's a little bit of a sleeper uh, and it, I, definitely being suppressed by you know the looming uh, lawsuit that's over its head. But it's also setting up for a very good price action, despite that, uh, as you just pointed out. Uh, but at, at the at the end of the day, it's always about waiting for, uh, you know, pattern breakouts and then also the confirmation with volume and, you know, clear, yeah. clear uh, candle closures, uh, giving you confidence in the direction that you're betting on an AVAX. I mean, AVAX is uh, an absolute uh, gem. You know, I, I've been upping, I've been basically scaling into that uh, over the last six months. Um, and I'm actually waiting. I have two two coins. I'm waiting on some big, big price action on uh, some very micro cap coins that as soon as, soon mm -hmm. as those pop, I'm going to be uh, scalping some of the profits from that and putting them into AVAX. I, I mean, I think that yeah. one's a, just a massive coin and with huge upside in the future. No, AVAX is one that I just recently, I, 
I I've been following it for a while, but I finally entered a trade the other day, and uh, and so I actually I was able to take some profit. Not at the exact top that we had right there around the price of 96, but I, I think I took it around 94, and now that's another one again. I'm I'm probably later this morning going to be entering that trade. I just can't do it while we're live here on the show. And, and there's something I want to I want to continue. I've been talking about this all week. I want to make sure people get this takeaway from this show. Again, we want to teach you how to think, not what to think. I don't want to tell you where to buy, what to buy, but I want to teach you how to think about your buying opportunities. And that is if you continue to chase perfect, meaning the exact bottom or the exact tops for buying and selling, you're going to fail. So look at these opportunities and decide, hey, is this worth the risk? And, and one of the things I'm doing to kind of look at that is you're going to see things form on the hourly chart before it forms on the four hourly chart, before it forms on the daily chart. So wait for things to start happening on smaller time frames and watch as they begin to develop on, on larger ones. For me, I personally really like when things start changing on the 4LA chart. Other people, they want to wait until the 8-hour or the 12-hour. Some people wait till the daily. I've also met people that wait till they see something happening on like the weekly chart. Every single person is different. At the end of the day, you need to find out what your risk tolerance is, what you're willing to do, and, and decide right now, hey, even if I don't get it perfect, as long as I get good spots and I'm committed to those spots, I will make money and you're going to find yourself years from now being very thankful and uh, or if you don't if you just continue to wait for perfect spots I guarantee you I'm like this I've only been in crypto trading for about a year and a half there are so many moments where I thought I could hold out for the bottom and I missed it completely or times that I thought no I'm not going to sell just yet I want to wait for the top and we missed out completely because I was trying to get perfect and I'm telling you as much as I learned I still regret thinking that I would ever get a perfect spot I encourage you can please I, don't think you're going to I'd that. like to add something to that as well yeah. you know one of the things that it's I mean I can't even say I've learned it yet I'm just very aware of it and I've, I've become better at practicing this and putting it into action but that is having your targets and trading on those targets. So if you have a, you know, a certain buy order set at certain levels, uh, and you're seeing the price, you know, kind of doing the stair step back and forth at, and it's near your level and you're just worried you're not going to catch it. So you ape in and then it drops past the level that you even, uh, had put as a target for a buy. You really need to have one of the number one things I've heard from every successful trader that I know, uh, and even people that I follow online, uh, and you know, it's quite a bit of people. And, and in terms of people that I know that make a living trading, one of the number one things that you have to do is, and you have to stick to it is have a plan. You have to have yes. a plan of action and you have to not compromise your plan because of emotions, greed, or fear. Absolutely. Just have your targets. If there's some massive, uh, catastrophic, uh, black swan event or, or something like that, that, that is just decimating the market as a whole, uh, you know, whether it be for your particular, particular coin or for the, the greater uh, crypto uh, ecosystem or even uh, traditional markets as well, then of course you can, you can, uh, adjust, adjust your plan accordingly. And that that's necessary, but you need to have your plans and your targets and set, you know, for instance, nobody, not, I don't say nobody, a lot of people didn't believe that when Solana was pressing up, uh, you know, 200, uh, above 200, that, uh, that they were going to get a buy order down in the one thirties, one twenties, stuff like that. AVAX, you know, and it was uh, well into, you know, well above hundred. Now it's uh, pressing down in the low eighties, mm -hmm. you know, have your target set and just wait for the time to come. And, and it, the more patient you are, the more profits you'll have in your, in your uh, portfolio.
Yeah. Well, before we move into Bitcoin, and just in case you guys just joined us, thank you so much for being here. We have 1,700 people here and only 400 likes. I think we can get to like well, 800 at least, 800 likes here in the next couple of minutes. But I do want to thank you guys so much for being here. Jeb is in his last day down in Miami at North American Bitcoin Conference. Uh, I want to read some chat that we have coming in. I don't think we have any super chats, but there's some great questions happening in chat, and I want to give those uh Yeah, I saw one. Uh, somebody asked, uh, they tagged me and they asked me if I knew about Nervo. Yeah, uh, nervous. Nervous is actually quite uh, interesting. It's going to do a lot of. It's going to create a lot of essentially like lubrication between uh, different uh, blockchain projects because it's essentially a bridge uh, between uh, Cardano and Ethereum. Um, and I'm not sure how that's going to contend with uh, the Cardano ERC20 bridge that they're doing as well, or if it's just going to yeah. be uh, another avenue to do that. But I know a lot of a lot of uh, projects are partnering with them. I know Sunday Swap has partnered with Nervos, uh, Meld, uh, a bunch of other different Cardano uh, ecosystem projects. But it's 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 those sorts of those sorts of utility based functional coins uh like you know Chainlink is a great example we we may drop into some chain link a little Honestly, later in the show there's some but, very exciting things happening on link but but yeah. the fact that like when we talk about you know we were bringing up safe moon earlier and i saw a lot of people in chat like why are you talking about this coin well the real reason we were bringing it up is because when people are seeing uh these coins that are huge movers it gives people influence to buy into those coins and what we're really bringing it up for is to let you know because you see a coin pumping 100 percent 200 percent doesn't mean it's a good buy and in uh, safe yeah. moon case i applaud anybody that's made money on it and i hope that you're uh, brave enough and smart enough to take profits because coins that don't have utility are not going to be sustainable and coins like uh, uh, projects like nervos like Chainlink, like phantom like ethereum most of the layer one solutions they have utility and they have ecosystems that they're building on top of themselves they're, they're basically creating infrastructure of not only utility within the uh, infrastructure but there's other projects building on top of those which basically gives it huge anchors within the ecosystem of uh, the cryptocurrency and crypto asset space because it's a used asset that has functional use cases and yeah. therefore it's uh, way more likely to have a sustainability and a, a longer term play. Uh, and especially if you're investing where you're trading or not, but having investments, you want stuff that's sustainable. You don't want something, you don't want something to pump uh, to where one day you look in your account and you're a millionaire and you're not brave enough to, to take profits. And the next day you only have $10,000 in your account because it fell, the, the bottom fell out from under it. You want to find utility uh, projects with good utility. Hmm. Well, you know, guys, if you if you love hearing Kelly's takes on this stuff, you also should follow him on Twitter at Kelly Kellum. Uh, it is a fast growing channel, guys, over there. And the reason it's growing so fast is because of all the inf amazing information he gives you guys constantly throughout the day. Uh, he's not just here on our show. Make sure you go follow him on Twitter as well as you can follow me. I'm at Tim's underscore T.A. And Thicky Smay over here. Smay's is Thicky Smay. That's just at Thicky Smay, right? Mm -hmm. Yep, and then of course there's Crypto Jeb at Crypto Jeb. Uh, you guys do not. Is it? It's just at Crypto Jeb. There's nothing else to it, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's at, at Crypto sure. Jeb. Yeah, I want to make sure. I mean, and, he, and, he and, and with that being right said, I, I do want to point out one thing about the like button. Hey guys, uh, anybody that's wondering, or maybe even wonders why some YouTubers ask about it, we are. It's not like our ego wants a like button. It's not. It's, it's like for us to bring you this content, which we're bringing for free every day. Yeah. We want to be able to be. We want to be able to be a sustainable project as well. Mm -hmm. And the way that it works with YouTube is by 
the number of like ratios you get to viewership and if, whether you get more or less, it allows YouTube to know to send out this uh, as a suggested uh, a viewing channel for other people. So it really helps us be sustainable uh, and be able to do this and bring this to you on a daily basis. So it's the easiest way that you can show your love and appreciation for us by just hitting that like button. And we really appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, let's go ahead and dive into some Bitcoin today. We're going to come back to answer some chat questions later. I saw some great ones, but I'm, I'm going to wait till a little bit later where they're going to be a little more relevant with what's happening in the show. But go ahead and go to my chart. We're going to talk about Bitcoin here as we have been talking about now for a while. And I feel like a broken record, but... Remember, guys, we are in a falling wedge on Bitcoin. These traditionally break to the upsides. So that's one of the reasons why this channel, despite a lot of pressure and despite a lot of people trying to say that we're just ridiculously wrong, there's still a lot of reason to think we're bullish, but we will acknowledge it has been a boring last couple of days. It was boring over here in this region. It was boring over here in this region. All we did was drop down a little bit and got a little bit more boring. But as you guys can see, at every stop, that is what's forming that falling wedge. This is what happens. We move sideways to the upside, drop. Sideways to the upside, drop. Sideways to the upside, drop. And that's what we're kind of in this position of doing. So it is getting to the decision point of saying, are we ready to break this falling wedge bullishly, or are we going to drop one more time? There are reasons why I don't think that second option is going to happen, but I do want to make sure you guys understand it is fully a, a possibility, and I, I respect heavily anyone who thinks, Tim, we have not hit the bottom yet. We're going to be dropping down here again, potentially to the region of somewhere around 38.8, or th I mean, Jeb has said 37.8. There are levels and reasons why the price could go there. However, I'm of the opinion, and I stress word opinion, because everyone's opinion is valid. I just want to show you why I have mine and let you come to your own is that this bottom right here was very, very strong. And we talked about this before, but I want to bring it back up. First of all, look right here, this bottom right here that we've touched several times, or even if you want to take these wicks, it's kind of a range right here between 39.7 and uh, 40,005. This is a range or a bottom that we touched back here in the region of September to uh, early October. Why is that significant? Because when you're looking at this market, you you have to look in the history and watch previous price movements and see what is happening. Another place where the almost the exact same thing happened and everyone was screaming bear, 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 bear market. We're going down to 20,000. We're going down to 8,000 was literally earlier this year. Coming back to this mark right here. Let's look at this. We have a similar thing, a peak over here. We came back down and set a bottom right here around $29,000, $30,000. We then of course had a rally hit new all time high with this little bear print right here, came back down and it was in this region Everyone's screaming, bear, 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 bear. It looked like we had a little bit of hope, but then we dropped again, bear, 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 bear. We came down, started closing candle bodies down below 30,000, and this is when the bears got really aggressive, saying, are you not, like, how are you still saying we're in a bull market? It's clearly a bear market, but where was it? Right at that same level we bottomed out earlier the year, in January. Of course, we had a huge rally right here and ended up hitting a new all-time high. Not by a lot, but we hit a new all-time high. We see a similar thing happening right here. Of course, we came up here at around 52, came back down, tested this 40,000, went back up, set new all-time high, and now we're sitting on that flat level again. Does that mean automatically there's no chance we drop below it? Absolutely not. However, we're starting to see a similar pattern, not only in price action, but in the sentiment of manipulation. It seems like this is the moment that a lot of whales try to get bears to get really loud so that everyone thinks, oh no, Bitcoin's done, and then they can buy up all the supply and then take it back to a new all-time high. That's my opinion. 
That's the reason why I have that opinion. I want you guys to come to your own. Let's look at a little bit more TA and see what's happening on Bitcoin because I do want to kind of show you guys, even though we talk about this every single day, I want to continue to update your guys' information and my information so we know how to act upon Bitcoin. You guys are going to see I had this box right here, this purple box that's drawn. If you're going to see where we've been in this zone almost this entire time. Yes, we have some wicks that come below. Yes, we had those two candles that went above. But in reality, the price is like to sit right in this region. And I find it funny that if you pull up our VPVR, and this is something that you can only use if you have a bot version of TradingView. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. But if you are wanting to be able to use VPVR because it gives us great examples of where to buy, where to sell because of uh, support and resistance zone, it's something I heavily encourage you guys to purchase some form of package on TradingView. But you're going to see that this package right here sits between these two little peaks. On VPVR, it's almost like a mountain. The higher up you are, the, if you're climbing a mountain, there's, it's really hard. It's kind of tiring. It's really easy to fall down a mountain. It might hurt a little bit, but it's really easy to come down, really hurt, hard to climb up. Where we have caught ourselves and locked ourselves over the last couple of days is right here between these two little peaks. That's why I have that purple box right there. These two peaks right here are really crucial. Now, the question is, are we going to break to the downside or are we going to break to the upside? Of course, if we came up, we would have, and we could break this with significance, it's going to be pretty easy to sit somewhere in the region of about 45 and then begin our climb. That's why we put that number around 46, 47, because if we can reclaim 46 or 47,000, that's when we start to actually, almost like we're rock climbing, set a new anchor of support that will give us some benefit to continue to move to the upside. The reason... Number two, I don't think we're dropping below, and it's because I want to zoom out here using still VBVR. Look at what happens when you zoom out and take all this price section into account. Look at this strength right here. Yes, we have a lot that we have to deal with over here as well, but look at this strength zone right here and look where that blue line is. That blue line is sitting right at 40,500, okay? The reason I don't think we're dropping below that line again is because there are so many so many signals right here saying that there is strong support. It's going to be so hard for bears to push back up this mountain. Yes, it'll be hard to push up this mountain as well, but if I zoom out even a little farther, you're going to find that those numbers dwindle even more. This is a strong, strong, strong buy signal that anytime the bears pushes down here, we're going to see bulls rear up their heads and say, all right, that's fine. I'll go purchase. So another reason why I believe it's just not likely we drop below that 40500 Again, just my opinion. Let's look at some other technicals on the charts and see what we have. The first thing I noticed on RSI this morning when I was looking at it, and this has been set up for a while, so I just this morning was looking and saying, all right, we need to give this some significance. There is a clean level of resistance on our RSI that matches this clean level of resistance that we have on the price charts. We are looking to break this. Now, you're going to see right there, if I were to zoom in on this RSI, we are sitting right there at the RSI uh, resistance line. Can we break it? That's the question. If we can break through this, I want to see us do more than what we just did over here on December 23rd. Let's break through this with confidence and continue our rally. We are close, but in no no means do I think that this is absolutely the save and that there's no way that we end up coming to the downside. There's actually a part of me based off my prediction that I gave for Friday that thinks that most likely Bitcoin probably will bounce its head and come down one more time. I, I do believe it's not, not guaranteed, but I think there's a strong possibility that 
that we do potentially touch 40,000 or uh, yeah, 40,500 one more time. And that's why I gave my prediction. We'll talk about those Friday predictions here a little bit later. But just so you guys know, on the RSI, there's a clean or the yeah, the RSI, there's a clean level of resistance we need to break to be able to continue to go bullish. On our MACD, we're kind of, as we talked about yesterday, technically growing. There is technically still dark green histograms growing on our MACD. But as you can see, even when I zoom in, they're super small, which is that further signification of like, man, we're just moving sideways and boring. Uh, this is not anything I would scream and say bulls are clearly in control right now. And another reason why I don't think bulls are in control right now is because when we look at the volume, there's just none of it. You just look at this continual down like to the downside on volume. I go down a smaller chart on the four hourly chart. This is super boring. We have these little peaks right here, but right now we're just sitting at a very low volume. There's no power for the bulls. There's no power for the bears. That's why it's so easy for the price to move up and down and up and down. But ultimately just really move sideways because what you really have is zones of every time we get up here, the bears get powerful. Every time we come down here, the bulls get powerful. We need to see more volume come into the space. I look out for big candle, uh, big candles, big histograms to pop up here very soon. Maybe they'll be red pushing us to the downside. Maybe they'll be green making us break this resistance and to begin a rally. But that's what we're looking for before we can really get too excited either way, whether you're a bear or whether you're a bull. Neither one is really winning right now. It's kind of a boring deadlock. Uh, let's go down to the four-hourly chart, which we're already at, and see what we have down here uh, with our RSI. I want to go ahead and turn my volume off because I, I don't want that to distract. On the RSI, we are still seeing kind of you – know, I'm going get to get rid of my resistance line right there. Uh, we're still seeing a potential that this is bullish RSI divergence. We, you know, right here, we obviously have bullish uh, – sorry, low RSI levels versus higher RSI levels here, whereas the price is getting pretty darn close to flat right there. So this is something to keep an eye on. Are we actually going to play out bullish RSI divergence or are we continue to move sideways? Uh, there's – see, I'm going to make sure I'm not wrong here. Yes, okay, so we are above that 14 SMA. Bullish sign, but yeah, I'm kind of rambling here and I fully acknowledge that because I'm really trying to look for something special to show you guys because I really wish I could, but there really isn't anything. Bitcoin is still sitting in boring spot. We're holding on to the fact that on the bigger time frames like the three daily and the weekly, we have things like green nines that just flashed on TD Sequential and we see bullish RSI divergence on bigger time frames uh, where you see like right here, flat level of RSI. However, there's a massive difference in that price. These are things that again, it's almost like I'm a broken record we say it day after day after day. That's why this channel continues to remain bullish. But I want to let you know on the on the smaller time frames like four hourly and hourly, we're kind of seeing more boring things happen. That's all I have for Bitcoin as far as regular TA. What I do want to look at real quickly because it kind of confirms this, and I just want to let you guys know there's a lot of confusion happening with Lux Algo because on the daily chart we're starting to see the beginning signs of saying it's time to buy. Again, I want to wait for further confirmation before we say for certainty. But this green trend catcher flash back up today. What If you were watching the show yesterday, we were talking about the fact that we've been red here on this trend catcher for a while. We started turning green, but then yesterday this trend catcher began to turn red. It is back to being green today, which is confusing as all get out. Nope, don't do that, Tim. Which is confusing as all get out, uh, especially with the fact that when you go to the four-hourly chart with the Lux Algo, we, oh, look at that. A buy signal literally just flashed, but the trend catcher's still red. We just had a purple candle pop up. So this is actually a developing news that is very interesting. Just so you guys know, when we're using Lux Algo, the three main things we'll be looking for to say it's time to buy using Lux Algo would be- Maybe can you Yep. You have, you have something? Oh, he's talking to somebody else. All right, good to know. All right, we have a we want to wait for a buy signal. 
Boom, we have it. We want to wait for a change in candle colors. Boom, we have it. We've changed from red to purple. Purple means indecision or a changing point. The last thing I would look for to say, okay, Bitcoin might be in a buy spot on the 4 alley chart, is this trend catcher to turn green. You also can look at things like the fact that this EQ cloud is beginning to kind of get really close and it's showing there's a potential that we flip to the downside, but that doesn't mean it's absolutely guaranteed. If we can get this blue line right here to flip this red line and turn this uh, EQ cloud into a blue cloud, that's another uh, kind of confirmation that Luxalgo is telling us, hey guys, Bitcoin's sitting in a great spot to buy. Let's go down the hourly chart. We'll maybe even see a little bit more positivity. You never know. Sometimes Luxalgo bounces around the place. But here we actually have a strong signal. We not only turned from red to purple, we now have some green candles right here. So this is kind of a similar spot. I'm looking to see that the last piece of the puzzle on Luxalgo to confirm a buy would be, does this trend catcher turn green on the hourly? Then I'm going to look, does it turn green on the four hourly and then I want to see on the daily chart not just a green trend catcher I want to at least see a purple candle and I want to see a buy flash on daily that is our Lux Algo TA I want to throw it to Kelly because I know Kelly has been looking at some news and some on-chain metrics that uh, also continue to say in the larger time frame we should be expecting bullish price but Kelly go ahead and take it away yeah, absolutely. And uh, before we jump directly into that, I'm just going to do a quick little two-minute rundown on some of the things I'm seeing on Market Cipher because I noticed this yesterday. Uh, I'm looking here on the weekly chart, and here on the weekly chart, what I'm looking at here is a, almost like a fractal play out of the VWAPs, uh, and I have this marked on the here on the uh, vertical lines. And if you see, we have this 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 strong VWAP downside here, up, down, up, and then this. Uh, dip with a little bit of a rounding. And then if you look at this same setup here, we have a strong view up, down, up, down, up. And then we have this small thing. I mean, it's almost like an exact fractal. This is on the weekly. Uh, so that's just something that I've been having my eyes on. But when, when we go, let me go over to this other chart here. Uh, when we go to this chart, uh, let's go on the daily daily. We, we ho hopefully the essentially on the 12 hour, we're getting a green dot on the momentum wave, which is great. Hopefully this matriculates up to the daily. Uh, we get a much higher low on the, uh, the momentum waves here. Uh, and then we can start getting a bit of the, the money flow to come back up. The RSIs are getting, you know, really nicely set down here, uh, for a nice move up. Uh, whenever we do start getting a strong bullish movement, the view ops starting to come around. But if we look down on the, the smaller timeframes, uh, here's on the four hour, we are under a green, uh, momentum, dot showing that we're having you know positive momentum coming to the market that the money flow is starting to come up the view ops super strong and the rsi is looking quite well and then additionally if we go down to the two hour let me go auto here if we go down to the two hour uh this is one thing that a lot of people were looking at. I do want to point out, we did have this, this uh, trend line here that did break and it did retest, which is solid. And I don't want, I, I don't want people to look at something like this, where we have a very small, we're on a very small time frame here on the one hour, two hour time frame, where we're breaking this trend line, which is very bullish in the, the small term, especially if you're uh, like an uh, intraday trader, you know, if you're, you're scalping and, uh, you know, doing small trades throughout the day or uh, over a couple of days, this is definitely a good trade. But for people that are doing either, weekly, monthly, or longer term uh, trades or investments. This is not something that I would go in and put in, uh, you know, an indefinite long on or a leverage long of any sort, because you haven't confirmed any sort of shift in trend in terms of the, the midterm trend right now that we're in, which is a bearish trend. We're still in a downtrend and we do need to break those, those levels on the, uh, on the levels uh, that were, uh, yeah, here we go. 
zoom out here you see all these different levels we still need to break up here at the 45 level the 40 48 level 51 almost 52 level and 53 and i would say until we break this 45 46 level and we get above what this high is right here which is a 52 level that's that that's the time period that's the price point i'm looking at before i start seeing that we're actually having yeah. uh, the start of a real trend reversal yeah so that's what i'm looking at on uh, market cipher uh but one of the things uh you know then i actually did a tweet about it this morning uh one of the things that i want to show here is that we we still despite you know the sideways action this boringness with things might seem a bit boring with price they're just shaking people out uh and if we if we're looking at uh this mvt signal i circled all these areas here where the mvt basically came down and did, basically touched or surpassed this uh this uh, lower lower line here and this is basically marking the bottoms of all these all these dips even here when we had the ultimate uh the uh, blow off top in uh 20 20 into 2017 into 2018 this following dip right here which was the bottom of this the bottom of this this dip here before correction even signaled there so we're we are setting up whether whether it means we go into a full-on uh you know bullish parabolic rise after this or not uh, is kind of irrelevant because we're looking at things as they play out and what this suggests to me at minimum we're going to have some some sort of at least relief rally if not yeah. going at least or uh also entering into uh the final stage of you know the the rest of the bull run that all of us are waiting on so either way i do see a big uh big bounce coming from these signals this is uh the sopr from the rational root if you haven't followed this guy uh it's at the rational root on twitter he's he always posts phenomenal stuff and this is showing the the that's uh, the soper that's so uh 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 you know what I'm saying? Uh, this comes down and when, when this is uh, when this touches as low as it is. And I think right now it's at like 0.24 or something like that. Uh, when this gets as low as it does, this shows this is basically very confluent with the MDT. This shows incredible sort of price action following the, these levels. Uh, yeah. Of course, uh, this is something I made just joking. Uh, we are in a, uh, you know, we're still in a very fearful market, but this is a time that you buy if you want to make the best gains, you know, if you're doing long-term investments uh you you make the you start layering in your buys now you know you start dca and you don't do you know 100 of the buy that you want to do if you're layering a lot of a lot of money but this is the point that you start dcaing in if you're if you're sitting on the sidelines if you're yeah. if you're if you're holding right now then this is the time just to hold this isn't the time to sell uh the next thing i got here and i'm just going to go through these very quickly because there's a bunch of headlines in the last couple of days and i just want to sort of just highlight these because it, it talks about it basically illustrates how much bullishness is going on on the fundamental back inside uh, th that is really showing uh, the immense upside that's to come on the, the Bitcoin and crypto market. So BitMEX just acquired a German bank, uh, which I think it's like a 230 or 240 year old bank, uh, which is incredible in terms of adoption and, and uh, you know what that's going to mean for us. But this is a European bank, of course. So what that's going to mean for the European landscape and also, you know, things that are playing out on the fundamental side under Bitcoin. Microsoft, as everybody knows, if they if they're, if they're not aware yet, Microsoft just acquired almost seventy billion dollar purchase of uh, Activision Blizzard. Uh, and this, a lot of people are speculating, isn't so much about the gaming industry as it is about their uh, their ability to buy in in a traditional way into a major uh, component that's going to allow them like. Uh, uh, 
forward facing and, 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 and direct involvement in uh, the metaverse uh, and the play to earn gaming and all this stuff that's happening in the crypto market uh, in the years to come. So this is this is a way that they could traditionally buy into an asset that gives them massive crypto exposure in the near future without actually having to put Bitcoin or crypto on their balance sheets. Mm. Uh, here we go. This is huge. 67% of Canadians want to get paid in crypto by 2027. Uh, if that's not bullish, I don't know what is. Uh, here we have uh, Strike, which is uh, the the uh, instit- the company that's basically uh, re- responsible for the Lightning Network. Uh, and they're, I think, right when they uh, when they launched uh, in Argentina, initially they were the number one app on the app store in, uh, in Argentina, uh, which is incredibly huge. And the reason why lightning network is an incredibly big deal is because lightning network is similar to like how polygon or Matic is to Ethereum, where it's a scalable solution. Well, this is, this is a great indication here showing this is basically what the lightning network looked like with their nodes three years ago. Mm -hmm. This is how inactive they were. Look at the growth in the last, in in the last three years. I mean, this, this is incredible. And the reason why this is important is because one of the things that has uh, been holding back Bitcoin or at least truncating its ability to grow as fast as possible is because a little bit of the misnomer about what Bitcoin is about. Bitcoin isn't necessarily meant specifically only to be a currency. I mean, the last 13 years has taken on more of an asset class, more of a digital gold uh, uh, stance within the market. Uh, but that's also being because uh, their block size and the, the 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 how long it takes between transactions and sending is is not moved fast enough to contend or, or scale against something like a Visa or credit processing. And when you have something like like Lightning Network, which gives you essentially near immediate transactability, that's going to increase the uh, adoptability in terms of uh, use case. Uh, additionally, from just being a, a, a store of value like gold to also being transactability. I know myself, I know you probably, Tim, as well, and many of us, we're not going to be using this as a transaction-based thing because it's such a strong store of value. But who knows, in 10 years, when uh, Bitcoin's price uh, you know, rounds out a bit and the volatility is a lot less, maybe maybe it does start become using more like a currency and less like a, a well, store of value asset class. That's that's the, question, uh, that's the question we've kind of posed here on the show several times is, does Bitcoin ever need to actually be specifically the interchangeable currency? Or could it be backing of something that is easier to send and receive that we can do more? Oh, like, like the Lightning Network, what you're just talking about, there. Uh, and that's that's a kind of war where I lean in my prediction of Bitcoin's future is not, uh, first of all, there's only 21 uh, million of them. So there's it's not like we're going to have a ridiculous amount of flowing. I know we can break them down to Satoshis, but I think it serves better as a gold. And when, again, there's lots of evil in the world during the time of gold. But when we talk about the economics of the world, the best economy the world has ever seen is when the world currency was backed by gold. It, it, gold was significant. And when we went off of that is when we started to have so many woes, despite what people will tell you and say that we're economically prosperous. That's not necessarily the case. If you just look at the continual downgrade of the economy worldwide since gold standard has been taken away, it's pretty bad. And it's only been like, I mean, what is that? A little over 60, 70 years. It's been 70 years since we've been off the gold standard. And we're already seeing 
economies fall apart because of it. Uh, let's go ahead though and transition as great as, as you know, all that stuff is really, really helpful. Again, it's something we've been talking about for a while. Adoption is continuing to come despite the price of Bitcoin continuing to be boring and to the downside. That's kind of what the show's about today is just <laughs> saying we're acknowledging it. Listen, guys, Bitcoin is kind of boring right now, but crypto is coming. It's continuing to grow. The adoption is growing. And that is why we're super excited about altcoins. And guess what? Here in a couple of weeks, if it doesn't happen within the next couple of days, Bitcoin is going to be exciting too. We just have to be patient and hold on. But I want to uh, go back to chat. I don't know if we have too many super chats. I, we see one here from Victor Bunyik, but I don't think he said anything. I could be wrong, Victor. If you did say something, let us know. But I, I see a blank space right there. Um, but some conversation we had in chat is from JT Skinner. He asked, is the Bitcoin cycle broken? And before we answer that, Chaz also commented in. He added Kelly and, and me to this, said, can you guys give a little idea as to what the extended cycle looks like and where we currently are? So the first thing, Kelly, I want to let you answer that and then I'll chime in here at the end. Absolutely. And as, as, um, there's actually, uh, the, the same person that I just told you about, uh, the rational route, I'm pulling him up right now. Uh, he's got an incredible met, uh, graphic that he made. I'm sharing it right now. Uh, and it's this right here. So this is, uh, actually this isn't it. This is a, this, this is a different one. I'll have to pull it up. I'll have to pull it up later. Essentially what it's looking like is the fact that, uh, and I'll share it on my Twitter. If you guys go follow me at Kelly Kellum, I'll, I'll post the graphic uh, later when I find it. I just don't want to find it here on stream. Essentially, what, what it's looking like is, uh, especially as the volatility is going down, uh, if, if you think about it, every every four years, we're having a halving. And when we're having a halving, that means that there's half as much uh, rewards that are being given out uh, per block mint. You know, every, you know, per the, every time a, a miner wins a block reward for, for minting uh, a block. Uh, so what that means is that also means that there's a less uh, of a new supply coming into the market, which means there's a little bit more of a stock to flow, uh, yeah, stock to flow, supply to flow, uh, sort of uh, shock value. Uh, and so, as that's happening, and as we're seeing, like in the last couple of days, I think uh, two or three weeks ago, it was like 76% of liquid su supply. And then I actually looked it up yesterday after somebody mentioned that it was at 12%. I actually didn't realize that it, it was. I mean, they, they, they show now the liquid supply is at 12%. And so, as we're having more illiquid supply, less, uh, less supply on exchanges, more people holding. Uh, it's, it's essentially going to over time, narrow out and constrict the volatility in the market, uh, especially in, in Bitcoin's case. And with that ha happening, it's going to, in, uh, inevitably make the crypto market have a little bit more of an ongoing uh, cycle where it's not going to be directly tied to four years. I think, yeah. I think the four year cycle for the next, uh, probably the next eight years at least is still going to have impact. I think more from a psychological level than it does on a, a supply to flow uh, uh, level, but the impact, uh, the impact of the, the, lessening of the volatility and the more people coming into market and the more institutional money being involved in market, uh, it's going to elongate the cycle. So I think a lot of people were sure, and I think myself included, and I'll, I'll, I'll admit it 
rightly so. Uh, I was, I was pretty certain that uh, we are going to hit at least hundred K by the end of this last year, as a lot of people were. And it's actually a beautiful thing that it didn't Mm -hmm. because it is humbling all of us and making us realize uh, that this cycle going forward, we can't look at stuff just, you know, based on the 2013 cycle, based on the 2018 cycle, the, the cycles are different fundamentally because there's different players in them. There's money in different places within that market. There's different anchors and there's different fundamental developments that are happening on a daily basis. So uh, all we can do, we can look historically, but we have to play the charts on a daily basis and we have to mm-hmm. look at the on-chain metrics and what the MVT, the SOPR, the MVRT, you know, check out the CBBI on Colin Talks Crypto. Uh, look at all these different metrics or just check in with our, our, our channel here or other YouTubers that you follow. And, and I, I, I can promise you, we make every attempt and we spend hours every morning preparing and hours in the afternoon going over what we're sharing and what what else we can improve on because our real goal and our only focus is to bring the best value un like unbiased like honestly just looking at the chart so if it seems like right now we're bullishly biased well i can tell you i don't think we're bullishly biased i think we're reading what the data is showing us so if the data is biased then yes we uh, then i will contend with that but i do yeah. think we're going to be having lengthening cycles and that's just the nature as as this market grows you know go to my chart real quick smay even continue on that thought that kelly's expressing again i'm i haven't been in bitcoin for multiple years again we're, we're getting closer to two years now that i've been invested but i i I've learned from people who have been in here for a while. And this is a non-log. This is just a linear chart of Bitcoin's history. And yes, we had this nice little peak back here in 17. We had another little one. We didn't get to a new all-time high. But in 19, we had another little peak. But look at the difference in price. And I realized the reason I put the linear chart was because I don't want to talk about percentages. I just want to talk about prices and how quickly we did something. I remember watching Jeb, who got invested in Bitcoin back in 2017. So he'd been in it for several years. I remember even watching the surprise on his face during this rally of late 2020 into early 2021 because it was ridiculously a surprise. He knew Bitcoin was going to be going up soon, but he had no idea that by April of 2021, we'd be setting a high at $65,000. What the, the peak was officially 60, almost 64.7. But at the end of the day, Nobody knew it would happen that quickly, that fast. They knew it was coming, but it surprised them. It's when everyone expects something to happen that more often than not, it probably won't. But when you don't expect something to happen is usually when it does. And what I mean by that is a lot of people having watched this late 2020 to early 2021 rally are expecting that to happen every other month. And that's just not how it works. The truth is a good asset, which is what Bitcoin is right now, doesn't move crazily explosively, but is a constant to the upside with little retracements on the way back. So to echo what Kelly said, the fact that we didn't hit 100K by the end of the year, despite the fact that it made us wrong on our prediction is actually an amazing thing for the longevity of not just this cycle, but the continual upside of Bitcoin. I do expect us to see some explosive rallies. I expect us to see a quarter where the price jumps by twenty to $30,000. The point is, don't expect it to happen every other month and then get disappointed when you don't see it happen. Let's go ahead, though, before we jump in, because we're going to transition to Ethereum. We do have a word from our sponsor for this show, and it's very fitting. You can go off my screen for this one, Smay. But 
it is from uh, TradingView Premium. Guys, we talked about this before, but I want to continue to encourage you guys, if you are serious about doing technical analysis and being able to trade and invest properly, reading the markets daily and knowing what you're doing, you're going to want to get TradingView Premium. And there's a couple of reasons why. I want to read you what it comes with and then explain to you why that's so important. When you buy premium, you get 25 different indicators per chart, eight charts in one layout, 400 server-side alerts, unlimited safe chart layout, second-based intervals, alerts that don't expire, that's pretty big, 4X more data on charts, which is 20K bars, and publishing invite-only indicators. Guys, the reason this is so significant, because I can tell you right now, if you go get TradingView, there is a free version. And I, honestly, that's a great place to start. However, it's very limited in what you're able to do. And I can tell you, the more you learn about technical analysis and the more you up your game, having those 25 different indicators you can use at a time will not only save you time, but will save you frustration. Because I cannot tell you how frustrating it is that you want, when you want to look at several different things, but you max out. And I think the free version gives you something like four. You, you cannot really do adequate technical analysis only looking at four indicators at a time. You're going to want to see them multiple so you can let them compete with each other and give you a clear picture of are we in a bullish zone right now? Are we in a bearish zone? Should we expect movement to the upside, to the downside? If you don't have more than four indicators, that's going to be extremely frustrating. And honestly, it might make you kind of give up and say, I don't even know if this is worth it. It's so frustrating. Also having well, well, not, not only that, I want to share exactly what, what you're talking about okay. here. Like even, even uh, on trading view, I have, I have several different projects that I watch regularly. Yes. And when you have the basic account, you can't do this, which no. is essentially having nope. split charts and you, I can sit there compare. I can have different time frame, different coins. It's really a great way to, uh, to really make your, to get that's the best grasp on what's happening on, on, on the charts. Yeah. And, and just to let you guys know, the reason we don't always leave our charts when we do the show the way Kelly just showed you is because of course, to someone who doesn't know what they're looking at, that would be extremely confusing. However, yeah. when you're doing your own personal technical analysis, I cannot tell you how helpful it is to see the chart like that, but you can't do it without trading view premium. There's a link in the description down below. I heavily encourage you go get it today. It not only will help us out as a channel, cause that is one of our sponsors. It will crazily help you. And everyone we talked to has said it was a matter of weeks before they paid it off because of how helpful it was in uh, informing their trades and, and investments. Now, let's jump onto our charts over here. I'm going to jump into Ethereum TA and spend a little bit of time here. Uh, again, Ethereum is kind of sitting in a similar boat to what we have going on with Bitcoin and um, other projects. some other projects. One thing that I will note right now that is really cool is that Ethereum is sitting right at that rising level of support of a symmetrical triangle pattern. What you guys are looking at right here, I want to explain to you really quickly. This blue line was a former descending level of support in a falling wedge that instead of breaking to the upside, Ethereum broke to the downside. Downside, But what that set up was a, a symmetrical triangle pattern on Ethereum. And those of you who know technical analysis, and we talked about it, I believe even on this episode, is that when you enter a symmetrical triangle pattern from the downside, meaning you were bullish up into it, more often than not, the breaking point is to the upside. XRP didn't do that, but that doesn't mean it doesn't happen for the rest of the coins. It's kind of a, it's, it's kind of a thing that you need to keep in. A lot of these factors or probabilities that technical analysis helps you with gives you between a 70 to 80% chance of success. Is that 100? Is that perfect? No. Sometimes that 20% plays out. However, 
if you are trying to inform a good trade, knowing there's an 80% probability of something happening is very, very helpful. So even if, as you guys can see some wicks drop below, even if we temporarily come down here below the symmetrical triangle pattern, watch and wait for Ethereum to end up breaking to the upside based off of this bullish symmetrical triangle pattern. Now, this blue line that used to be a level of support has turned into a slight level of resistance. So as you guys can see, it used to be our riding point that candles closed on to the downside, but now it is one that when we came down to the bottom of the symmetrical triangle pattern, bounce back up, we end up hitting our head on. So there is two different levels of descending resistance we have to get through. The first is right here, this blue line. And again, the level we're probably looking for to beat on that one is $3,300. After that, then we're looking in this range over here, closer to 36. However, formationally, Ethereum sitting in a good spot to say it might be close to wanting to go ahead and accomplish that. Let's look at our oscillators real quick. We see a similar thing that we saw on Bitcoin, and that is that descending level of resistance on the RSI. Now, unlike Bitcoin that was now testing the RSI at that level above the 14, we have come back down and it looks like we are rounding right at that 14-day SMA on the RSI. Watch to see if potentially we end up bouncing right here and going to the upside. Another point I want to make sure we're clear on is there is is no bearish RSI divergence on Ethereum. So does that mean we automatically have to flip to the upside? No, not necessarily. But watch as we begin to look at some bullish RSI divergence forming on these bigger timeframes and larger things. So for example, right here, up to clear uptick in price action, downtick in RSI. That's long time bullish RSI divergence. It gets even better over here because look at this. We go even lower over here to price action. And of course, that's bullish RSI divergence. And we come down it's, to uh, also a huge one that's forming right now. If you're there on the back on the daily. Yeah. Uh, uh, right there. The, this last if we if we find support right where about where we're at near the 14 day SMA that uh, that uh, yellow line. Yes, that will be forming some very strong. That'd be the start of some really strong RSI bullish divergence uh, on the bottom side uh, that, that would be forming because we're, we're not really making that that much higher highs. Yeah, we're starting uh, to, but it's just starting to, I, you know, the part about the divergence there, I don't know if we're quite getting divergence. What I would say though, so what, let me start by doing this. I'm going down to 12, uh, four hourly chart, but let's start by looking at some charts and see what, what Kelly's talking about is we're looking at these two different price actions right here, right, Kelly? That's what you're trying to look at. There's a clear yeah. difference in the, in the level. That's a very slight uptick in price, but a very drastic uptick in RSI. So we're not seeing it quite happen on the 12 hourly. If we move over here to the eight hourly, it's still not quite forming just yet. Although technically we're getting a little closer right there. We come down to the four hourly. I think we're starting to get a little bit closer coming down to the hourly. Uh, and this is where we actually have the bullish RSI divergence that he's talking about. Look at what we have going on right here. We're clear down tick in price. If we all come back to the point over here, this is the point we kept talking about. We have a flat level right here of RSI, but a clear uptick in the, the price action. This is where we're starting to see bullish RSI divergence. As we talked about earlier on, I don't remember which coin we were talking about, but what you're looking for here is, hey, are we forming things on the hourly chart? Are we seeing reversals on the hourly chart? That doesn't mean necessarily it's time to buy. It could be. If that's your level that you're like, no, I, I want to trade using the hourly chart, then great. You can go ahead and do that. However, what I'm looking for is, hey, do I see something developing on the hourly chart? Do I then see it forming on the four hourly chart? And once I see it forming on the four hourly chart, which there is kind of some slight bullish RSI divergence forming right there, flat RSI, but a downtick in price, then I'm looking for it to close on things like the 12 hourly, the daily. And if you're in a long, 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 long time frame uh, trading position, then you're gonna wanna start seeing it form on the two daily, three daily, and weekly. Don't need to go to the chart to confirm that. But I wanted to let you guys know, that's kind of, if you're looking at trading and how you confirm when things are gonna happen, happen. 
the hourly chart, and technically if you went all the way down to the minute chart, it's gonna tell you things sooner, but that can just change so quickly. I usually start with the hourly chart. The hourly chart will signify, hey, this is a bottom. It might not be the final bottom, but this is a bottom. Then you go to the four hourly chart and say, all right, so it's not just a matter of a couple hours I can look at this might be the bottom. This is actually gonna be the bottom potentially for a day or two. Then you go up to those eight hour, 12 hour daily charts. That's when it's like, oh, this might be the bottom for the next couple of weeks. That's how I do my trading. And I'm just telling you guys right now, I have been successful on my trades. Again, not perfect tops and not perfect bottoms, but I have not made a negative trade. I have not sold at a lower mark uh, without sinking time in months. I did it a lot quite frequently. Yeah, there were times where I entered trades at the tops of markets, but I've gotten very good at finding these bottoms, doing trades like finding buying right here at Ethereum and then selling up here at the top, knowing that even though we're in a downtrend temp in a longer time frame, this short time frame bullish movement, I could read on the four hourly chart and make a profitable trade. That's how I can do we it. get a can we get a, a quick shout out to one of our favorite people here in the crypto Jeb community? Uh, it's uh, Mr. Smay, uh, who called so eloquently and so perfectly the turtle market, which we have been uh, living in uh, ever since. I mean, he, he basically is. almost all of this last year, you know, ranging between 40 and 60 K. He is the, for the turtle most king, part. So, you know, and, and th things are still we're still uh, slugging it around in the mud a little bit, you know, trying to figure out the market's trying to figure out what we're going to do. And I think I forget. I think uh, I think his name was Martin McLean here in chat made a great point about the the four year cycles. And I think it d ties directly into uh, the, the turtle market theory. And I think that's one of the reasons why we're having this choppiness is because we've looked so historically at this this four year trend. Whereas I think the first cycle, it was very clear that it was a four year trend and it was based off the having that's when you're you know getting 50 50 bitcoin per block reward mm -hmm. and then the second cycle i think we were the the market was looking to historically at that so it still felt like a four year cycle and this cycle it's not really almost even relevant but i feel like because we're breaking trends so so heavily with the the previous four year marks on the how the market cycles are going i think that's leading to a lot of indecision in the market which essentially is fueling this this concept that that's may jokingly put Forth, but it's so right on the money. This turtle market—it's really just the reluctance to to accept that this market is changing. And and as soon as soon as we break past those levels, as mentioning earlier, there's 52 levels on the uh, 52k ish on on Bitcoin and on Ethereum. Probably once we get back above uh, the 3,700, uh, you know, 4,000 mark, uh, we're going to start breaking out of that turtle market, I think, and then go back to being a go go back to being a hare, you know, the tortoise and the hare, and, and we're gonna we're gonna have that parabolic rise. But we have to shake off the the historical mindset of that we're doing exactly the same thing as we were in previous cycles. You know, I'll, I'll give it a moment. Just speaking of Smay, Smay, based off of your turtle king and your turtle market analysis, yeah. uh, do you see an end to the turtle market coming anytime soon, or do you think it's going <clears> to continue <throat> for the next couple months? To be honest with you, <clears throat> sorry. A little bit congested. To be honest with you guys, like ultimately, I it, things are just so like people are just so uninterested, right? Like the, there's ultimately this thing of like, I, and in where I can say is like, I don't even know what the whales are up to right now. Where are they swimming off to right now? That there's not much, you know, huge movement to the downside or the upside happening. Yeah. You know what are they up to? But ultimately, in terms of like everyone else, it seems like everyone else has just gone off to other parts of their lives because they're like, hey, honestly, crypto's not done anything. There's no reason to buy and there's really no reason to sell or else I'm going to sell at a loss. So, you know, so ultimately it's one of those things that I think we're probably
probably going to be seeing something like this turtle market ranging between the you know the 40 and 60 levels uh for a while i don't think that's why you talking about bitcoin yeah bitcoin specifically sorry yeah and, and that's and i think i hope obviously, ethereum gets to the 40 to 60k well and let me just say this about it. what i mean by that too is i'm talking about bitcoin but as we know a lot of the time and sometimes there's divergences from it where coins will move on their own but for yeah. the most part for the most part, things overall are following Bitcoin, right? So that so that's why I'm when I'm saying talking about term market, I'm really referring to Bitcoin because that's going to end up reflecting what's happening well, with the other. It's, coins. it's almost like it's almost like the Bitcoin is like the dad, and technically speaking. There are times, and I think we're actually in a season right now where we're watching altcoins do differently, but there's only a range. It's like it's like the altcoins have a leash on them, uh, and they can only go so far from dad at times. <laughs> and and that people, I saw that in chat, and I'm going to kind of reference that. I don't remember the name that said it, but someone's like, hey, no one else is investing in Bitcoin right now. Why are you talking about Bitcoin? The reason we talk about Bitcoin all the time is because whether you are invested in it or not, if you know if you know crypto, you know that Bitcoin is the, it's almost like the trendsetter or the thing that people are looking at. It is the most, uh, it is the most owned thing, obviously, because it's the number one market cap, but institutions, whales, they're looking at Bitcoin and based off of what they do with Bitcoin, will yeah. unlock what the rest of the crypto space will do. We might see a day and age potentially where that changes, where things like Ethereum or Cardano and their tech and their use cases just trump the reasons why Bitcoin exists and, all, and institutions get there. But as of right now, there is overwhelmingly a, a massive difference in the demand from institutions on Bitcoin and altcoins. Well, doesn't mean they don't have any altcoins, but they want Bitcoin more than anything else. And I want to just say, like this, if this isn't proof that Bitcoin has been relying way too much on hype yeah. to move its price, I don't know what is. Like this is literally like because the the thing is what I'm what I'm noticing is and 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 what Kelly was what Kelly was saying earlier is everything. Is is screaming bullish the fundamentals the adoption everything is screaming bullish but why is the price not moving you know ridiculous and it's ultimately because we we the world we live in now it's not as simple as if a if a project's doing the right things it's it really is like there is a huge reliance on hype uh, and, and the hype is just not there and what we're waiting for is not another fundamental development what we're waiting for is is somebody of influence to say hey guys it's time to start buying bitcoin again well i, I think i think what is right now and then we're going to transition because we're going to do some Cardano stuff. I think the difference right now is that institutions are massively invested or massively invested in what happens to Bitcoin, meaning that there's a heavy amount of manipulation from institutions in Bitcoin, whereas altcoins, which are much more driven by the retail investor, they can catch these little cycles, these little trends of going and, and making massive movements. Bitcoin is kind of stuck into, hey, what do the institutions want to do with it right now? It is a matter of time before that breaks and the price does go up, whether it's the institutions that cause it to happen or not, the price will eventually go up. The the difference is right now, I think we are in a season where Bitcoin is suppressed. As you said, Smay, there's not enough hype happening. The institutions want it to stay within a window so they can get as much supply as they can, whereas altcoins don't have the same restrictions. However, I want to close out Ethereum real quick. Long story short, Ethereum is again sitting in a similar spot to what we talked about with XRP and with AVAX. Is this the exact perfect bottom? Maybe not. But are we getting so close that this is a good place to go ahead and buy into Ethereum for a trade. I believe it is. I think this is a, we're getting very, very close 
to a bottom before a rally on Ethereum. Let's go ahead and transition though into Cardano because Cardano is a project that has been probably the most exciting project in crypto over the last week or so. And as you guys can see, we have rallied in that week in case you guys have not been uh, on the show. In this last couple of days, we've rallied over 50% in Cardano. That is exciting. Of course, we came back down here a little bit. We're down from that peak that we hit at 163. We are down 16%. So if you bought at 160, you're probably saying, crap, Cardano is not a good trade right now. I am in a major loss. I want to calm you. It it probably wasn't the smartest move to buy at 163. If you guys have been watching this show, this is a level, it went slightly above, but this purple line right here is a line that I've had on my chart for a little while. I told you guys when we broke bullish out of this uh, falling wedge, this purple zone right here is key to look at a, a kind of a, a key level to say, hey, when it hits this level, it's probably looking to sell if you're doing some short swing trading because the price is gonna come back down. Sure enough, it did. I, I went ahead and sell, sold, just so you guys know, my trade at 156. I entered at around 110, sold at 156, so it kept going up, and of course, I had to deal with that thought of like, oh no, did I sell too soon? But I went ahead, as we talked about on the show, stuck to my gun, said, nope, I'm good with it. I, I, I like my profit. I waited for the price to come back down, and guess what? Right now, we're sitting at $1.40. I bought it at $1.45. So did I buy the exact bottom? No, I did not. But the reason I bought there is because I thought $1.45 in the grand scheme of things is a great buy. And I'm okay with the fact that right now, technically, I'm down. However, the next zone we are looking for, and if the reason I got these zones is from key levels of not only if you look over here, previous support and resistance zones, they're also key zones on Fibonacci retracement. I'm going to draw them for you so you guys can take a look yourself. But this is something that I think is super important to keep an eye on. As you guys can see right here, that first level, 0.23. This next level sitting around 0.382. We're probably gonna have another level sitting right here in our golden pocket between 0.5 and 0.618, and of course, all the way up. But this is why I'm, I'm telling you guys, pay attention to technical analysis. For anyone who says technical analysis doesn't work, how come using technical analysis, we get relatively pretty darn close to calling tops and bottoms. It's because there's something about the psychology of traders and investors that do things at these key levels. That's why technical analysis exists. It didn't get created and then all of a sudden everyone obeyed it. It was created having watched how traders and investors worked and then based off of that psychology and trends and repeated examples, that's why trading. That's why technical analysis exists and works so well. So we're coming down right now. As you guys are seeing, we had a wick drop down slightly below where I said, we kind of gave two different levels. I think Kelly and I talked about this. We said, okay, will Cardano come back down here to around $1.37, where we have a flat level of former resistance that we can turn to support? Will we come back down and touch the, the this former resistance and turn it into support? And it looks like Cardano's kind of sitting in that zone of saying, yeah, it's right there in that, in that window of, we need to come back down, retest the support before we rally. The reason why I bought back in at $1.45 is because there was a chance we were gonna come down right, right around here and say, all right, this is a former level of resistance, we'll turn to support. I bought it just in case. Again, I thought it was a good zone, not a perfect zone, and sure enough, it wasn't perfect, but I'm okay with that. The reason why I do think, though, we're about to see a return, or a, a recovery, is when we look at our RSI and our MACD. Our MACD right here is, on the daily chart, not as bullish as we're gonna see on the four hourly chart. We're kind of moving sideways and boring. However, uh, when we come down to the 
four hourly chart. And again, I'm messing my chart up, so give me just a second to fix it. Uh, here we go. We are seeing bullish RSI divergence forming on our four hourly. Right, where we have an uptick in price action very clearly, and not just an uptick. If this was all still red, I would say, all right, you know, let's wait for the candles to close. The fact that we had a significant green candle close right here, and we have a bottom peak to work with, we're clearly lower on our RSI, whereas we're clearly higher with our price action. This is bullish RSI divergence. If we go and look at our Bollinger Bands and our TD Sequential, we're gonna even see some more. We came back down close to that bottom of that Bollinger Bands. We're heading back up. Our TD sequential let's see if it says anything we just had a green eight flash maybe this means one more candle in the four hourly will go out to nine but i do expect that in fact this might be the time where we don't need to wait for a green nine we actually just had a red uh a, a green eight uh this is another reason if you go on the hourly chart it gets even more compelling to think that we potentially hit the bottom and like i said what i like to do is start in the hourly chart look at what's happening there and then go over bullish rsi divergence right here with a flat rsi but a clear down tick in price you scroll it over here again down tick that we talked about in the four hourly chart, but down tick in RSI, up tick in price, bullish RSI divergence. You're seeing kind of formation form right here. And I, I can tell you right now, I don't even have to draw the lines, but I will just for your sake. This is a, a, a falling wedge forming. And so right here, we have a descending level of resistance. We have a, a descending level of support. What this gives us is a falling wedge. Now, I will say, and having looked at this, I could see it right off the bat. Will we break right here or will we come back down one more time touching this support line or maybe even coming down here before we rally? That is a possibility, but there is a turn coming on Cardano very quickly. And again, we come to that question. Are you waiting for the perfect buy opportunity or are you waking, waiting for a good one? Right now, we do have a good red candle forming even as we talk right here on the hourly chart that is coming down. So potentially, you want to wait for this level of support. The price might come down here, but this I would call a very good buy signal. I would honestly call almost anything between these a good buy signal. So whether you buy right this very second or whether you wait down here, this this is all a good zone. Obviously, coming out here, if we were to bounce off this level of support one more time and then rally, that would be perfect, but there's no guarantee that the market wants to wait that long. In fact, I just want to let you guys know sentiment-wise, Cardano is one of those projects that is in a, a an exciting mode right now. A lot of people are very interested in it. These are the types of times where you might use technical analysis and find this nice, clean line and say, all right, in a perfect world, we probably are going to come down here and test this, and due to the excitement, we actually never get that far. That's why I heavily encourage good buys, not perfect buys. That is what I have for Cardano. I want to check back in with chat. Um, before I do well, that, though, uh, can Kelly, I, can yeah. I say, I just wanted to say something that's uh, regarding the Cardano ecosystem. One of the things yeah. that we need to keep in mind is Cardano is also on the precipice of having massive growth in their uh, entire ecosystem. Now that they're uh, basically got their whole, uh, uh, the PAB, the Plutus application backend uh, is starting to get rolled out. The smart contracts are coming online. Uh, you know, when you look at uh, infra, uh, layer one solutions like Ethereum, one of the, one of the reasons why the, the coin has such value, the, 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 the market cap has grown so much, isn't just because of th what Ethereum can do, but it's because of all of the different projects that are that, that live on top of it, it within the ecosystem on Ethereum. And with Cardano, we're, we're about to see a very similar roadmap play out where you have stuff like Cody, uh, Cody, which is an excellent project. And it's all about, uh, uh, doing payments, you know, using the, you know, on top of the Cardano blockchain, you have Vive finance, which is a, a DeFi play. You have quick mint, which is, uh, now launching, uh, doing, uh, NFTs, uh, uh NFT plays, uh, on, on top of Cardano. You got uh, Sunday swap coming live tomorrow, uh, which is going to start having a 
lot of transaction volume on top of the Cardano uh, ecosystem. Then you have ADAX coming live uh, uh, January 30th, which is going to just multiply that much more, uh, you know, transactions uh, and, and uh, you know, use cases within the Cardano ecosystem. You've got uh, all kinds of different uh different just different projects that are playing uh, charlie three there's so many different projects that are that are launching uh and rolling out and and, and starting to grow very rapidly mm. on the cardano ecosystem and as that happens you're gonna have a lot more uh, total value locked uh within the cardano ecosystem as well as traffic and what what creates value on an infrastructure well jeb talks about it all the time one of the biggest infrastructures we have in the united states or in any country really is your roadway system and what makes it valuable isn't the roadway system itself isn't valuable the mm -hmm. fact that there's a lot of traffic on that roadway system and then the traffic brings other different uh you know economic use cases whether it be uh you know DeFi plays nft plays uh dexes amms uh all these various different things that you can use on top of this blockchain creates a value for the underlying asset that it's sitting on and in this case it's cardano so uh you know definitely have your eyes on cardano for 2022 it's going to be a huge year and keep your eyes on all these smaller projects too that I just mentioned. You know, Sunday Swap, Cody, Adax, Cardax, Cardstarter, uh, Code, uh, Wi-Fi. There, there's so many equipment. There's so many different things that you can look at within the ecosystem. If you don't want to hold Cardano itself, you can you can get these underlying players and look at how similar projects on Ethereum or on Solana or on any of these other layer ones. How those similar sort of in parity or in parallel, uh, the similar sort of projects. How they're roadmap played out and you can really find some great buys uh you know early on in the in their in their lifespan to, to have yeah. excellent early entries on those projects absolutely well let's move on to some chat we have some things here uh shannon sharp asked earlier avax or adax so we talked about avax earlier if you guys just joined the show recently or you joined while we were talking about ethereum or cardano thank you so much for choosing to come in and join us this morning uh this earlier in the show we talked about avax and xrpta before dumping in jumping into bitcoin and ethereum and then we just did cardano but we talked about avax although adax is a project that our team loves as well although that's not one that we can do technical analysis on trading view so that's why you're not going to see at least me do trading uh, uh do technical analysis on it just yet i do believe january 30th though uh kelly that is the launch where potentially we're going to see it on things uh that we can do like trading view and stuff correct uh, well, I'm not sure exactly when they're going to integrate it on TradingView. Tra TradingView is probably more likely to happen. Uh, this is another reason why I'm such a big proponent of ADAX uh, yeah. is, yeah, it's launching on January 30th, but currently it's only on one exchange. So yeah. the second the second that their DEX goes live, they're, they, they have a centralized exchange they created too, which you can find at ADAX.pro. But when their DEX goes live, which is a decentralized exchange, uh, uh, decks that they're that they're doing on cardano uh on january 30th mm. then very shortly at some point in the near future they've been in talks with a number of different major exchanges and it's 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 when they get listed on uh whether it's kucoin or kraken or binance or whatever major uh exchanges that it could be listed on that's when you're going to one start seeing a lot more access to liquidity there's going to be a lot more exposure to it people mm. are going to have a lot easier time buying it so the price is going to go through the moon once those things happening once they get listed on these major exchanges
exchanges, yeah. that's when uh, TradingView will likely have it listed. That because they they're not going to pull they're not going to pull uh, the data from a small exchange like X Markets. They're going to wait till it's on KuCoin or right. a Kraken or Binance, and that that's when you'll start seeing it on. But if you go to xmarkets.com, you can you can search these different coins and whether it's ADAX or whatever other altcoins that they have, and they do have a, a, a TradingView API. Uh, actually, if, I can actually show you on my screen here. Uh, it is this screen right here. Uh, if I pull this up, if I pull up ADAX, you can see it does have a trading view API. And if you click down here, you can go through, you can draw your trend lines, right? You can do anything you would, but on the main trading view website, it's not going to be listed until, uh, they're on a major exchange. Yeah, I got you. That that makes a lot of sense. So let's keep an eye on that January 30th date when it comes to ADAX. At the end of the day, as he just showed you, if you go to X Markets, that's a great place. That's where I bought it. That's where Smay bought it. Uh, Kelly, that where, is that where you got it as well? I think that's where Jeb got it's it as well. A, it's the only spot you can oh, get it. The only spot you can get it. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. There that, we go. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's what, what I'm saying. You. If you if you yeah. want if you want to find good buys, you yeah. find these coins that you believe in that are on an ecosystem that you believe in. Yes. And you get them before they have their major exchange listings, before they have their main net launches, before that. So that that's why in this case, you know, uh, you know, I'm not an ADAX moon boy, but this is just a project that we've been talking about on the channel. And it's, it's a great, uh, lens into how you make good purchases because you get these things before they have their, you know, 13,000 X moonshot when, when, when they have availability on all these other exchanges. So people can have access to them, but yeah. there's so many, there's so many projects out there that you can look at. You can just look at the different D, uh, DeFi llama, find different projects within the ecosystems that you like, whether it be a, uh, an AVAX and you want to find like a Trader Joe and Pangolin and stuff like that, or on a Solana network, you can find DeFi plays like Saber or Sunny Aggregator. Uh, you get these smaller projects before they're listed on major exchange and you get incredible mm. early entries. It's like, it's like buying Cardano when it's one cent, you know? Yeah. We have another chat here from D and J Bowler saying dot a goodbye question mark. That's a question. Smay definitely loves. Smay is our resident dot lover on this channel. Yeah. I uh, mean, I, I love me some dot too. I was, I, I, but you can't compete with the turtle King. Oh. The turtle King no. is the ultimate dot guy here. Well, I was actually going to say, I was reading an article about it last night that, uh, there is some analysts saying that this could potentially be a pretty good opportunity to get in on some, uh, on polka dot. Uh, I'm trying to remember what exactly it was, but it was basically saying as long as it is able to break through the two, uh, and I don't have the chart up, so I can't really see it, but mm. there's two resistances it needs to break and that's where it's going to be home free. Uh, but if for some reason it starts to break down below it's, uh, where it's sitting around its support, I think it's below 20, Four twenty-three, something like that. Uh, it's, yeah, twenty-four. It's 24, right? oh, 24, yeah, twenty-four. There we go. Yeah. So if it goes, you know, much like way below that, then we'll probably see it be. Yeah. I, can I? I just want to share something really quick on uh, on my chart here. So I, I pulled up the market cipher on on dot, and if you look, we have this massive, massive negative negative uh, momentum wave here. And also the money flow was coming out pretty dramatically. But as you see here, this is uh, what CryptoFace, who's the creator of Market Cipher, this is what he calls uh, the the basic strategy using Market Cipher. You have a massive anchor wave and then you have and a, a trigger smaller wave. trigger wave. And yeah. this is a higher low. The money flow is starting to round a bit. Now, if I come in down on like, let's say the eight hour, 
uh, this is actually even more dramatic. We're getting all these anchor waves and it's, it, it is growing and we're starting to have some choppiness around the, the zero, the zero line between the negative and positive money flow. Uh, so I, I agree. And, and just like you just pointed out, uh, Smay, we got to, we have a great, uh, move this line. We got to have a great trend line right here. Uh, and I do think this is a, a fairly decent buy opportunity, especially for the long run yeah. with dot, because dot is all yeah. about interoperability between different coins and talk about a use case. That is something that I would get behind any day of the week. Yeah. If you go to my chart real quick, I just want to show people there's a there's a falling wedge happening currently on dot. There's also a we already set a bullish RSI divergence on this point. I'm actually watching again. I'm watching this price probably come back down, touch the support one more time, set up even more bullish RSI divergence. I do think even when you go out to a bigger time frames on dot, you're seeing a lot of uh, bullish things happening. I don't know what the exact levels that you're talking about, yeah. uh, Smay, but I'm there are a couple things I'm looking for on dot. I do think this is a we're a very close to buying opportunity on dot. As well as there's several altcoins. As a whole, that's what we're kind of talking about. Bitcoin is the unknown. And the reason why Bitcoin is the unknown, you can go off my chart on this one. Bitcoin is unknown because the whales and institutions are heavily, heavily manipulating it right now, which means anytime we start to see bullish things flash, it seems like they just pounce on it. Altcoins are not the same. As we see these bullish things flash where the retailers seem to have way more control, that's what gives us hope to say, hey, guess what? Bitcoin might explode, but it also might just continue to stay boring. Altcoins are setting up some great things in the next couple of weeks, if not in the next couple of days, to be great buying zones. And here's the thing. There's a one super chat, and I'm going to segue this as we close out the show. This is from, you know, it, it's fitting it's from him, but it's from Matt C. saying, thank you guys for holding on the chair the past three days. You're doing a fantastic job. First of all, thank you so much, Matt C. And I want to transition like this. This is my last day hosting for this week. I'll be back sometime. You know, Jeb will have other days he's off, but he should be back in second tomorrow. Second Wednesday of every month. Yeah, definitely the second Wednesday of every month. But he you know, we'll see in the future what he takes off. But I want I want to leave you guys with this. We've talked about this all week. The purpose of this channel, I want you to ingrain this in your brain because whether it's Jeb sitting in this seat or it's me sitting in this seat or if maybe someday Kelly or Smay or somebody else or who knows, maybe there's a potential future hire that ends up sitting in this seat from time to time. We're all here to accomplish the exact same thing, and that is to help inform you and teach you how to think about things, not what to think. So I hope that you come in daily to learn about our opinions and learn about our thoughts, but ultimately, if you walk away from here just blindly following everything we say or do, we are not doing our job as a channel, and I want to encourage you, please stop doing that. Come in here, join this community, hit the like button, share with your friends, join a Discord group. You know, we have a course called CD2A where we interact. Uh, these are places and things you can come to learn to think for yourself. And the word that we that Jeb has decided is the future of this channel and this company is financial sovereignty, where the money no longer controls you, but you control the money. If that's something that you want to be a part of, I heavily encourage you to subscribe to this channel, join the community, because we are on a road to the upside. It is extremely bullish, and we are going to as a team, set people free from the restrictions that the low and broken economy has done. If that's something you can get behind, please consider doing all those things. Guys, this is this is it. We're going to close out the stream here, but it's been such a pleasure to host this show the last three days. Even if you don't like me, I love you. Keep coming back. Uh, we love having you guys here. That being said, I'll see you guys tomorrow when I'm sitting in the co-host seat. Peace. listening to
to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast. Tune in every day at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch live on YouTube. Follow us on our social media accounts at CryptoJeb. And lastly, we want to thank you for supporting us here at McAfee Media.